Hello, welcome and kumusta. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. And this time I would like to discuss to you about performance components. So as you are aware, components and performance components are little parts of a task and that occupational therapists should be good at analyzing the components of any particular task. But before you're able to do that analysis, you need to know what these components are. In performance components, there are three general categories or there's three general sections of the performance components of every task. The first one is the sensory motor component. The second one would be the cognitive integration and ca- cognitive components. And then lastly, the third one would be the psychosocial skills and psychological components of the task. So in analogy, if you look at this on the uh, Canadian model of occupational performance, that every task is comprised of motor, cognitive, and affective uh, capacities or uh, cognitive motor, cognitive, and affective aspects. So all of these tasks are comprised of these three things that play hand in hand with one another. So that's most recent actually. So the Canadian model is actually a more recent one where they made it, they simplified it into motor, cognitive, and affective. But basically they have taken it from the sensory uh, uh, performance components, which is again, just to remind you, A, sensory motor component. Second one would be cognitive uh, integration and cognitive component. And then the last part would be psychosocial skills and psychological components. Okay. Now, in the sensory motor component, we have um, three general aspects of that. That can be divided into three, which would be, you know, the... the, uh, Oh, actually... uh, let, let, let me just rephrase that. The sensory motor component is comprised of, yes, that's right, it's three. The sensory, the neuromusculoskeletal, and then the motor component, okay? Now let's talk about the sensory. Let's break it down again. So the sensory component, now you have three parts on the sensory components, okay? So the first one is the sensory awareness. And the sensory awareness is the you know ability of the person to receive and differentiate uh, sensory stimuli. Okay, so that is the definition of sensory awareness. So a person's ability to receive and differentiate different sensory stimuli. Okay, that's the first part. Sensory awareness. So that would be your first objective as a therapist to, uh, for a person to develop that sensory awareness. Then the next thing, after the awareness of sensation, the person now needs to have these sensory processing. Okay, and then you process all the senses that is being received. And in terms of sensory processing, it means that it is interpreting sensory stimulus. Okay, so the person just needs to understand and interpret the sensory stimuli. And in particular, you can divide the sensory stimuli into a few things. You can isolate them individually. The first one is tactile sensation. And this is interpreting light touch, pressure, temperature, pain, and vibrations through the skin um, 
through the skin and skin's receptors. So that's the tactile component. Okay. Then the next thing would be a proprioceptive component. And the proprioceptive component would mean interpreting stimuli originating from the muscles, from the joints, and other internal tissues that give information about the person's position or the position of one's body part in relation to each other and in relation to another object. Yeah. Okay. So we've got that tactile, proprioceptive. The next thing in terms of sensory is the vestibular sensation. And in here, vestibular sensation means that the, a person is interpreting stimuli that comes from the inner ear. Yeah. And it allows the person to uh, position the head in space and it allows them to move properly. So vestibular, proprioception, and then sensation. And then the fourth one would be the visual sensation, which is interpreting stimuli through the eyes, including peripheral vision and acuity, and then the awareness of colors and patterns. Okay, they're just aware. Yeah, just remember, sensory awareness is the first step. Person just needs to be aware of the, sen the sensation. Okay, so that's visual stimuli. The next thing would be the auditory stimulus, which is interpreting and localizing sounds and discriminating background sounds. So if you're talking to one person, is the person attending to you? Is there a proper localization? Is there a proper isolation so that the person can actually attend to? So that is the auditory um, sensation. So, and then we have two more, but they are less, less, uh, it's not that it's not important, but they we spend less time on them as occupational therapists. And these are particularly the gustatory sensation, which is interpreting taste. And then the other one would be the olfactory, which is um, in interpreting orders as well. Okay, so that is the sensory motor. So we've discussed <clears throat> and a part of the sensory component is the first one is the sensory. After the sensation, you need to, you go on the next part of the sensation, which is perceptual processing. Okay, in perceptual processing, this means organizing the memory input into meaningful patterns or organizing the sensory input rather into meaningful patterns. So perception is an understanding of sensation. Okay. So what are these perceptual capabilities of the person okay the first one is a term called stereognosis it is the ability to identify objects through proprioception cognition and the sense of touch okay so when you put something on somebody's hand you know because of the position of the hand because the position of the object a person should be able to identify what is touched. So it's not just the feeling and the sensation. The person needs to process that and put a mental picture in the head. So it's also a cognitive, it's a cognitive process as well. Okay. The next one in terms of perceptual processing is kinesthesia. And it is identifying the excursion and direction of the joint movement. So it's movement sense. Yeah. So whenever you move, so these are the things that you can do. You can move the person's hand and then check if they are feeling it, yes or no. Yeah. So that's what you wanted to do. 
Is it fast moving? Is it not so fast moving? That is kinesthesia. The third type of perceptual processing is pain response. So they need to be able to identify the noxious stimuli, whether thing is sharp or dull, it's warm or cold. Pain response. Fourth one is body scheme. This is acquiring an internal awareness of the body and the relationship of the body parts into each other. So body scheme, it's it's very difficult to assess. Well, it's easy. You just get them to draw something and then by drawing, get them to draw a person. And then by drawing, you identify there is a somehow the direct link between a person's ability to draw a, a human body uh, to what they feel. So that's that's the body scheme. But in terms of functional tasks, you can just see that so there's uh, there's impairment in body scheme, particularly if somebody has had a uh, a right uh, brain stroke and that gets impaired on on their side, yeah. So body scheme is one. Right and left discrimination is another form of perception which is differentiating one side from the other. That's right and left discrimination. And then another one is form constancy, which is the recognizing forms and objects and um, uh, as the same in various environments, positions, and sizes. So form constancy, if I present a, um, uh, a person with say a comb if i presented it facing them or facing it sideways or putting it in different position the person just knows that it is a part of the same thing or it is the same thing so that is form constancy the next thing is uh, uh, position in space this is this is uh, determining the spatial relationship of figures and objects to self or other forms and objects yeah that's positions in space so spatial relations of the figures and objects to self so something is in front of me something is behind me something is under me I am sitting on it this is a position sense visual closure is the ability of a person to identify forms or objects from an incomplete presentation so if you just show a person a part of something it's already, uh, and if they can tell you what that is, then that is a visual closure. So that's, that's very good. So you can think of ideas that will involve visual closure activities. Okay. The next thing would be figure ground perception. It is differentiating uh, the difference between the foreground and the background, you know. So that's, uh, you just put a white button on a white sheet and just identify where is the figure and which one is the background. Depth perception is determining the relative distance between objects, figures, or landmarks and the observer and the changes in terms of planes or of planes of surface. So that's depth perception. Uh, death perception is will be affected when a person has um, oh, impaired vision and they only have <coughs> excuse me one functioning eyes eye one functioning eye you need to have two eyes and that's the one that's giving us a death perception field if a problem a person has a problem with that then they might have filling up a glass of water or they might overshoot or they would have problems reaching items as well 
Okay, so that is depth perception. Spatial relations is determining the position of objects relative to one another. Okay, so if I have a pen that is on top of the book, that is on top of the table, that is uh, spatial relations. Spatial relations in terms of object. As compared to position in space where the reference is the body itself. Okay, and then last of the perceptual processing is the topographical orientation. It's the ability of the person to determine the location of the object and the settings and the route to a location. So again, if you can have perceptual retraining, for example, uh, you can have trainings that involve kinesthesia, trainings that involve topographical orientation, trainings that involve right and left discrimination, uh, trainings that involve position in space. Okay, these are, this could be either tabletop activities or activities that involves actual moving. Okay, there you go. That's the sensory or sensation part of the, um, uh, the, the sensory component. Now, the next we will be talking about, we have two more sections. The second one would be the neuromusculoskeletal, okay? And then just to give you an advance notice, the third one would be the motor component, okay? So let's go to the neuromusculoskeletal component. These are components that you assess separately and you can also have treatment particular to these components as well. So what are they? So the first one in neuromusculoskeletal would be number one, it's reflexes. So it is eliciting an involuntary muscle response by a sensory stimuli. Okay, so that's one, reflexes. Second one is a range of motion. So that is moving the body parts through an arc. So these, we're talking about joint range. That's a very popular one. Muscle tone is the uh, um, demonstrating a degree of tension or resistance in a muscle at rest and in response to stretch. So that is, again, uh, muscle tone. Again, very popular. Then the next one, another popular one is strength. You know, So that is determining a degree of muscle power when movement is resisted as with objects or gravity. So that is strength. So the ability to move against resistance. The fifth one is endurance, is the ability to sustain cardiac, pulmonary, and muscular conditions, uh, muscular, musculoskeletal, musculoskeletal exertion over time. Okay, um, so that is endurance. And then another one, somebody has had a stroke or you want to practice their balance, you don't teach them balance as occupational therapists, what you do is you teach them postural control. So this is another one, postural control retraining. And postural control is using right thing and equilibrium adjustment to maintain balance during functional movements. And then the uh, um, uh, seventh, is the postural alignment. So when somebody has had kyphosis or lordosis, stooped posture, or their position is impaired because of the hemiplegia, then this would be the uh, the one that you need to address. 
um, its postural alignment like wheelchair is addressing postural alignment so this is maintaining biomechanical integ integrity among body parts okay and then and the last one would be the soft tissue integrity this is maintaining the anatomical physiological condition of the interstitial tissue and the skin so that's where we could go in in terms of looking after a person's uh, pressure sores as well because that's part of the components as well so when an object or an item is putting a person at risk of soft tissue integrity then that is where we could come in okay so that is the neuromusculoskeletal component Let's go on to the third part of the uh, sensory motor component, sensory perceptual motor component, okay? And this would be the motor component where one, we talk about gross coordinations. This is using large muscle groups for controlled or goal-directed movement. Second one is the ability to cross the midline or crossing the midline. This is a gross motor skill. So it's a motor skill. Moving the limbs and eyes across the mid-sagittal plane of the body. Third one is laterality. Is using a preferred unilateral body part for activities requiring a high level of skill. So for example, a person who has had a stroke uh, and they're right-handed and that becomes the hemiplegic side, then their laterality is impaired. Then you have to teach them some laterality retraining. Okay, fourth one is bilateral integration, is coordinating both body sides during activity. Fifth one is motor control, is using the body in functional and versatile movement patterns. So motor control is impaired if they have movement disorders, if a patient has movement disorders. Praxis is conceiving and planning a new motor act in response to an environmental demand. So that is praxis. And then fine coordination or dexterity is using small muscle groups for controlled movements, particularly in object manipulation. So you can have fine motor control retraining. Visual motor integration. So what you see and then you see and then you move. Yeah. So it's coordinating interaction of information from the eyes with the body movement during an activity. So catching would be a visual motor integration activity. Okay, writing would be a visual motor activity. Yeah, tracing dots is a visual motor activity. And then last is the oral motor control. This is coordinating oropharyngeal uh, musculature for controlled movements. Okay, there you go. That is the first section and first part of our discussion with regard to performance components so in summary we have discussed about the sensory component of it neuromuscular component neuromusculoskeletal component and then the motor component as well so the sensation you have sensory awareness you have sensory processing and you have perceptual processing in terms of sensory processing you process tactile proprioceptive vestibular visual, auditory, gustatory, and olfactory sensation. In terms of perceptual processing, <clears throat> excuse me, you have terms such as stereognosis, kinesthesia, pain response, body scheme, right and left discrimination, 
form constancy, position in space, visual closure, figure ground perception, depth perception, spatial relations, and topographical orientation. On the neuromusculoskeletal component, on the other hand, you have reflexes, range of motion, muscle tone, strength, endurance, postural control, postural alignment, and soft tissue integrity. And then when it comes to a motor control, you have the gross coordination, crossing the midline, laterality, bilateral integration, you have motor control, praxis, fine coordination or dexterity, you have visual motor integration, and you have oral motor control. Okay, that is part one on our discussion involving performance components. I hope that you have obtained a few terminologies that you can use in your practice. Um, listen to the, 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 the next parts which where we would be talking about cognitive integration and also the psychosocial skills of a component and might tap on the performance context as well. Okay, thank you for, for listening and I hope you learned something. Until next time, bye!